what the cover call allows you to do is profit from that volatility and earn extra income. So I think it's a very compelling trade. And I think of it as a, one of those quote unquote, get paid while you wait trades. Welcome to Deep Dive, a special edition of the BMO ETFs podcast. In these episodes, we put BMO GAM's investment strategies under the microscope so you can see how they work for your clients and your practice. Today, our experts take you under the hood of North America's banking sector with four ETFs, ZEB for Canada, ZBK for the U.S., as well as their covered call versions, ZWB and ZWK, respectively. Learn how these innovative, equal weight strategies can bring attractive income, diversification, and growth potential to your client portfolios. Before we hear from our experts, please remember to subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with your professional network. Welcome to the BMO ETF Deep Dive Podcast. Great to have you back. I'm your host, Danielle Nessel, and joining us again today is BMO ETF Portfolio Manager and overall ETF expert, Chris Heeks. Welcome back, Chris. Thanks, Danielle. Good to be back. Well, for today's episode, Chris and I wanted to talk about the banking sector in both Canada and the U.S. and put these companies on your radar. I think a lot of investors are watching the information technology stocks and the healthcare names, which have really rallied through the summer. Companies in these sectors have been getting a lot of attention recently. But today we want to make a case for banks as a long-term growth solution, and we want to give you some reasons why banks in particular could be a good tactical play right now in this environment. So here in Canada, the banks have been a popular choice for investors because they're recognizable, well-known, and trusted institutions. And so Canadians have traditionally been comfortable owning them. Now get this, if you've been holding Canadian bank stocks for the last 25 years, you've earned yourself a 12% per year annualized return to date. That's a nice looking annualized return. And this is a total return, of course, so accounting for both dividends and equity growth. So the Canadian banks can certainly offer growth. And these companies have proven to be a great source of total return for investors. Year to date, however, Canadian banks have faced some headwinds, a weaker economy, low interest rates, soaring loan loss provisions, And so Canadian banks are still down about 15% from pre-pandemic highs. Meanwhile, sectors like infotech and healthcare have fully recovered from March lows. So Chris, my first question to you is what makes Canadian banks so compelling right now, given they've not recovered as fast as other sectors? And is this a sector investors should be looking at? Uh, Thanks, Danielle. You know, to to answer the last question first, should investors be looking at the sector? I think you know, to some extent, you answered that yourself with a 12% uh, per year annualized return over the last 25 years. You know, the Canadian banks are known to be somewhat well capitalized and conservative compared to their global counterparts. You know, we remember in 2008, really Canadian banks weathered that great financial crisis um, about as good as as any asset class out there. And we're among the first um first uh, equity sectors to to recover coming out of uh, 2009. You know, one thing that also happened in 2008 is the Canadian banks did not cut their dividends. So they're known for very consistent dividend growth. Uh, They put a pause to that in 2008, but they did not cut their dividends. 
so now as we're going through the challenges of, of 2020 and into 2021, you know, in some ways, there's kind of some similar economic challenges. You know, the slowdown from COVID is certainly um, certainly a high risk. But I think what really makes it interesting is the banks continue to be really uh, great custodians of capital overall. In Canada, there's great pricing power. Um, there's there's just a great position. And I think I think Canadian banks are something that investors should look at. You know, one statistic that that really just jumps to mind, and I think encapsulates a lot, is simply the dividend yield right now. So on Canadian banks, um, they are yielding as a group 5.2%. So you know, obviously, an investment in ZEB, which is our equal weighted Canadian banks, you get exposure to that high level of yield. You know, in particular, you know, fixed income investments, that yield has gone down. You know, as central banks have lowered interest rates to stimulate the economy. So not only is kind of your overall yield set a little bit lower in terms of where you can generate yield, but now the banks are at a high. And to kind of give you a sense of where that is historically, historically banks will give you about a 4% yield. So to get from a 5% yield to a historical 4% yield, um, that would imply a 25% increase in price just to get back to historical levels. So, you know, kind of the big picture with the Canadian banks is, yes, there's risks. There's certainly a lot of risks in the short term in particular with regards to COVID and the economy, and the, the slowdown that we're in. Um, but but we do believe at BMO Asset Management that overall these risks are going to be addressed and that this is a solvable problem. It's been a long time since we've had a global pandemic, but we did make it through that, you know, Spanish flu eventually. So our view is really on that kind of, think of it as a two-year basis. We think that you'll look back to the pandemic and say this was a good buying opportunity for Canadian banks. Again, to get 5% dividend yield a year, you know, as well as that potential to uh, recover the lost ground that you mentioned um, in the sell-off, um, you know, to get that 15 to 20% back to those pre-pandemic highs, I think it's a very interesting trade right now. Let's take a deeper look at the fundamentals. So we've been watching the bank's earnings over the last few quarters, and the most recent reports have been improving or surprising somewhat to the upside, with loan loss provisions looking like they might have peaked and some increased revenues coming from places like capital markets desks who did well this year with high trading volume. So how can we interpret these earnings looking forward? Are they sustainable? And maybe let's take a closer look at fundamentals and valuations of the banks right now. What do these look like? Yeah, it's a great, great question. So the banks really, they've been through two earnings cycles uh, since COVID hit. So we had earnings in May, um, that captured Q1 earnings, which obviously had a mix of pre-pandemic and, and into the COVID pandemic. And then we had earnings in August as well. And, you know, that captured that, that Q2, which was really, you know, we were at the height of the crisis so far. Um, you know, what you saw in that first earnings period were, as you mentioned, very high loan loss provisions. You know, companies were putting a lot of, aside a lot of money for um, soured loans that they were expecting to to have. Uh, what you've seen in the most recent bags overall, net as a group, thinking about the, the six banks that we hold in, in ZEB, is you saw that loan loss provisions, you started to see them come down. And we've actually seen this in the U.S. as well. So, you know, no one's saying we're out of the woods yet. I think it's too early to put that, that mission accomplished flag down. But we have seen some positive sides on in terms of that, those loan loss provisions and perhaps seeing um, the path to the full recovery. You know, in terms of the valuations, you know, obviously, earnings have come down as a result of, of lower interest rates and lower economic activity. You know, as you do say, you know, capital markets and trading has been up. So, 
the extent the Canadian banks are well-diversified financial businesses, that, that has been an advantage. Uh, but still, net-net price earnings are down. But if you look at kind of the price to earnings right now, even with earnings that have um, decreased uh, by, by 20 to 30% right now, we're at a historical earnings level of the last five years. And so once again, if you start to bake back in that earnings, getting back to pre-pandemic levels over the next two to three years, um, you're looking pretty good in terms of recovering some of that ground and getting you know, that strong capital prices as well as a dividend um, uh, return as an investor. So the valuations are, are, are attractive right now. And yeah, again, to the fundamental point, we're seeing some momentum. So you know, it's a good thing. And I think it's something that most Canadians already have some bank exposure, but if you don't, or if you think you need a little bit more, I think you know, ZEB or uh, ZWB, which we'll talk about later, the covered call version, are, are great additions to get a little more bank exposure in your portfolio. You're listening to Deep Dive, a special edition of the BMO ETFs podcast. If you're looking for timely trade ideas to navigate the current market, we encourage you to tune in each Thursday for our weekly Views from the Desk episodes. You'll hear razor-sharp insights, commentary, and ETF strategies from our portfolio managers, as well as questions submitted directly from our audience of Canadian financial advisors. Let's turn to U.S. banks. What does the banking sector look like south of the border? Could Canadians benefit from maybe adding some U.S. banks in addition to Canadian ones? And will the outcome of the U.S. election have an impact on the sector? Well, let's let's take the last question first. Again, you know, the political issue. You know, we're, we're right before the election um, here, but you know, I think the outcome of the election, either way, the important thing for the market, the important thing for the economy, is to get the stimulus, and the stimulus package is is, is on the way. And you know, it's, it's it's a matter of time. You know, it's a certain you know might roll out a little differently depending on you know what the contingencies are. But that's the important thing, and I think that's really what the U.S. banks are arguing for. Uh, the U.S. banks actually just had a um, an earnings release in in um, in early October, and you know they they did highlight that you know the again those low loss provisions have come down, but they're highlighting still they want to see you know a strong commitment from the government, from the monetary authorities to continue to provide that stimulus to help navigate the credit risk that's in the economy. And ultimately, I think one, the one thing you could say about you know, the whole year of 2020 and how the global community has managed uh, this crisis, is, it's been noted for its stimulus. So both fiscal stimulus and monetary stimulus from the central banks. So I don't see that changing. I don't, I don't think there's going to be any shortage of that. So I think that will be a very you know, positive for the U.S. banks uh, for the U.S. economy in general. You know, in terms of, you know, kind of looking at them, you know, it's natural to compare them to Canadian banks, I think. You know, the U.S. banks are riskier, the riskier lenders. Um, it's a, I would say it's probably a more competitive banking environment overall in the U.S. versus Canada. Um, and what you see is kind of a little bit more of a similar themes play out, but it's a little more, um, it's, it's, it's a little more, you know, plays out to a stronger extent with the U.S. banks. So, you know, if you look at U.S. banks, you know, right now they're about 30 percent below the pre-pandemic level. So there's a lot of room for them to recover. Um, the U.S. banks, you know, if we go back to dividend yield, they're actually yielding uh, close to 4 percent right now, which is which is um, they're not known to have as high distributions as the Canadian banks. But the close to like the 3.8 percent, you know, that's historically a very strong level for them. So, you know, it's a similar thought process. Again, you know, the next three to six months could be a little bit choppy, but 
but but overall we we believe in recovery you know from this pandemic um over kind of a medium term of call it let's just say two years for example um you know 12 to 24 or 12 to 36 months and in that time range and there's a lot of ground you know so i think there's a lot of value and opportunity for u.s banks um to make up that ground so i think it's an interesting position as a canadian investor you probably don't need as much u.s banks in your portfolio um as i would say canadian banks uh, they are a riskier asset so you know a little bit like a five percent allocation could potentially go a long way, you know, depending on what your portfolio looks like. So keep that in mind. But I think that there is, you know, a great opportunity there. You know, we can't have a market where tech and healthcare rally, you know, ad infinitum and not have some other sectors come along for the ride. And, and financials and banks, I think they're they're a little bit of a cyclical cyclical sector. So they'll 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 recover a little bit later. But you know, as we see that, I think like I said, you'll look back a couple of years from now, and I, I think we'll say this was a, a good buying opportunity. So let's pivot and take a look at some option-based strategies that BMO has with exposure to the banking sector. So as investors, we've had to adjust to a heightened volatility environment this year. So pre-pandemic, the VIX was in the low teens, and we'd enjoyed several years of very little market volatility. But as everyone knows, since March, volatility is back. It hit as high as 83, um, and then it has sit, since kind of, quote-unquote, settled down to the high 20s. But this is still double the volatility that we had seen last year and the years before. So, Chris, let's talk about this volatility. How has the heightened volatility affected the Canadian and U.S. banks? And why would a cover call ETF, such as ZWB, the cover call Canadian Banks ETF, or ZWK, the covered call U.S. Banks ETF, work well in this heightened vol environment? Yeah, so, I, you know, I think about volatility, and when it comes to equities, you know, volatility is usually, it's, it's, a, bad, it's a bad thing. You don't want that in your equities. Um, when you get that elevation of volatility, you tend to get share prices declining, and that's exactly what happened in March, like you said. Um, but, you know, we're you know, especially in particular with Canadian banks, we're, all, we're getting closer back to where we were. But like you said, the volatility is still elevated. Using a covered call strategy actually gives you a way to monetize volatility. So all things being equal, when the volatility is elevated, we can do a couple things. We could sell options that give us more yield. Or, you know, in our case, we can still, in our covered call strategies, we're trying to get 3 to 5% in additional yield. We can get that same yield, but being further out of the money because the, vol the richer volatility environment allows us to, to capture more premiums or position those options further away from the money. So, you know, really a, 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 an increase in volatility is almost like a silver lining when it comes to the cover call strategies, like you mentioned, the ZWB or the ZWK. So, you know, right now, Canadian banks, the ZWB is yielding about 6.5%. The ZWK in the U.S. is yielding 10%. Again, that the higher volatility profile, the U.S. banks lets us kind of increase um, increase that that added income that we collect. So I think it's I think it's a very um, compelling trade, and I think of it as a one of those quote unquote get paid while you wait trades. Um, and and what I mean by that is, like I said, there's a lot of uncertainty over the the next three to six months, and, and no one's really sure. And, you know, COVID, you know, we know our economy's not going to reopen to 100% next week kind of thing, right? It's going to take some time. What the cover call allows you to do is profit from that volatility and earn extra income, you know, as we as we navigate that. 
At the same time, you know, the way we run our cover call strategies, you know, as you know, Danielle, we only cover half the portfolio because we really believe in a balance of providing income but growth as well. So we do expect capital growth from the Canadian U.S. banks over time. You know, by not having an option overlay on half the portfolio means full participation. So, you know, it's actually interesting. If you look at the ZWB from the market low of March 23rd, um, banks are up about 35% in Canada. We're actually adding a percent of value through the covered calls. So, again, you might think you would give up on some upside, but in actuality, with the, volatil- the, the volatility backdrop being rich, we're actually adding the return in, in a sizable up market. So, I think it's an interesting trade and something investors could, should consider. Um, you know, I, I, do, I do think on a, just an uncovered basis, you know, whether it's ZEB or in the U.S., ZBK or ZUB, the hedged U.S. banks, you know, I think there's room for them to recover over time. But the cover calls might give you that ability to, you know, if you have an income focus, collect more income in the meantime. And I think ZWK, the cover call U.S. banks, is particularly interesting to take, a, take advantage of that high, vol, vol, um, high volatility environment in the U.S., 10% yield, you know, that's a great kind of return stream that you can use as a buffer while we wait for these financials to recover in the U.S. So I think it's definitely an interesting way for investors to look at banks right now. Yeah, like getting paid uh, while you wait story really, really resonating right now with investors. And Chris, as you mentioned, as investors, we tend to want to avoid volatility. So with these cover call strategies, you can actually monetize it. So just a really great solution there with either ZWB or ZWK for more income-focused investors. And for investors more interested in the long-term growth story of the banking sector can access that straight-up exposure to either Canadian banks with ZEB or U.S. banks using ZBK or the hedged version ZUB. Lots of interesting comments today on the banking sector. Chris, as always, thank you so much for your insight. Thanks, Danielle. It's a pleasure to be here. So for more information on BMO's bank ETFs or anything ETF-related, check out our ETF dashboard at bmoetfs.ca. And thanks for tuning in. Thank you to Daniel Nezel, BMO Product Specialist, and Chris Heeks, ETF Specialist and Portfolio Manager at BMO Global Asset Management for joining us on Deep Dive. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to tune in to our weekly Views from the Desk episodes available each Thursday morning in this same podcast series, where you'll find timely market commentary, insights, and more innovative ETF trade ideas. The viewpoints expressed by the portfolio manager represent their assessment of the markets at the time of publication. Those views are subject to change without notice at any time without any kind of notice. The information contained herein is not and should not be construed as investment tax or legal advice to any party. Investment should be evaluated relative to the individual's investment objectives and professional advice should be obtained with respect to any circumstance. Any statements that necessarily depend on future events may be a forward-looking statement. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of performance.